This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for September 3rd, 2023. The title of the message is The Abundance of Wisdom. Well, we come now to uh, the scripture reading. If you would turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. I think uh, earlier in the year, I'd kind of gone through the first couple of chapters of the book of Proverbs to introduce us to the main themes, and we'll just be taking it up again. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. Hear now the reading of God's holy word to his people. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are also called blessed. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. May he add his blessing to it this evening. It's a, uh, a general rule of, I guess you could say, human nature observed um, and human nature revealed in Scripture that we pursue that which we, that what, which we love. We treasure what we find valuable to us. We prize what we think is precious. We chase after what gives us the deepest joy. Uh, you just kind of think about... Um, those things that we are willing to sacrifice for, our time, our resources, our energy, uh, whatever, whatever we find our joy or passion for, we're willing to do, we're willing to sacrifice a great many things in order to pursue it. But when it comes to something that um, we don't think is all that important to us, we won't really give it, a time, give it the time of day. And... Um, and the reason is because God made us to seek after and pursue joy, right? Uh, to, to go after and seek pleasure. Now, for fallen people, that pleasure-seeking, um, for fallen people in a fallen world, that pleasure-seeking uh, easily turns into a kind of hedonism where you, it's a self-centered, selfish pleasure-seeking at all costs. Uh, and we will do whatever uh, uh, whatever it takes. We'll lie, ste- steal, cheat, hurt others in order to achieve that pleasure. Um, but, uh, but the idea that we seek after joy in our lives is, was built into us. It was created in us uh, by God. God created us to pursue joy. Uh, he created us 
not to pursue joy uh, in ourselves or in something apart from God, but to pursue joy in him. And so when we do try to pursue joy in other things, it's a remnant of, of I guess you could say it's the brokenness of that uh, joy-seeking desire which God originally made for us, but because of sin, it's been twisted. It's been broken, and so we seek pleasure and joy after the wrong things. But the idea there, the, the hardware in our hearts is still there, and so redemption, when God redeems us in the gospel, he fixes that. He renews that. In other words, he even gives us a new heart uh, so that we would fulfill that original goal for which we are created so that we no longer will pursue after joy or, or seek pleasure in something other than God, but we are redeemed to, to find that joy and pleasure in God. And, um, and so when we hear the language of kind of, of this hedonism, right, then that kind of has a, a negative connotation, but when we see the original purpose for which God created us to seek after joy, we can kind of characterize it as a Christian hedonism, so to speak, in which um, we have been redeemed to seek our pleasure in God, to seek our joy and our treasure in God. And so whenever you see this language, God is showing us what we were originally created to do and to be, and that's what we look at, in our, that's what we see in our passage this evening. Uh, in, in the book of Proverbs. It's the language of desire and gain and turning, uh, turning our joy and pleasure toward God because that's what he created us for. So he's taking that selfish, greedy, self-centered uh, hedonism and redeeming it into a passion for him, a passion for the blessings and the riches of his wisdom and his riches. So tonight I'd like for us to consider the blessedness of God's wisdom and why we should desire it. Right? What is it about wisdom that we ought to desire it and seek after it and gain it? So this evening we're going to look at the price of wisdom, the peace of wisdom, and the prize of wisdom. That should ultimately lead us to the person of wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ. So first, we see the blessedness of wisdom in the price or the exceeding value that wisdom has. Look at verse 13. Blessed, right? Blessed or, or happy are those, are the one, is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. And throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom is that God-given characteristic of reflecting God's wisdom in our lives Right? It's the idea that we are thinking and acting with God's wisdom in God's way for God's glory. It's taking God's wisdom revealed in his word, right? the words of wisdom in, in the Bible, and living all of our lives through it. Uh, and then he tells us what that wisdom brings with it. He tells us the blessedness Right? Or the, the blessings uh, that are associated with wisdom. The, the blessedness of gaining wisdom. And so what, is, what, what does that blessedness consist of? Look at verse 14. Beginning in verse 14, we see the comparative value and worth of wisdom. Yeah, that is far better 
uh, far wor- it's far more worthy, worth more than silver or gold. Look at verse 14. For the gain from her, uh, hear, hear that language, that comparative language, is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious. See the the language of value there than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So, so, so the writer of Proverbs here is is connecting the idea of value with desire. That which is most valuable, that which is most gained, uh, gained to us, ought to be that which we desire more than than anything else. Desire more than gold or silver, riches and honor. And this is because throughout the Old Testament, wisdom is associated with the wisdom of royalty, the wisdom of kingship, that kings ruled, made judgments between good and evil, right and wrong, and as a result would bring justice uh, to their rule, and as a result then there would be peace and prosperity in their rule, right? Uh, and, and this seems, on, on the surface of things, absolutely right. I mean, if God is a God of wisdom, and he builds everything he did, he built, he endowed with his own wisdom. The very fabric of our world, the principles and the laws that govern our world, is imbued with his wisdom. So when you do what is right, then there will be right outcomes, generally speaking, of course. If you do what is good, generally there'll be good outcomes. But if you do what is bad, then of course there'll be bad outcomes, right? You reap what you sow. It's that idea, that principle. Uh, and so when you apply that to wisdom, then when you, when you live according to God's wisdom, when you live according to what is good and right and beautiful and true, then there will be positive outcomes, Uh, For the most part, in general, at least that's the way it should be. And in many cases, it will be. But, you know, we live in a fallen world where it's not all perfect. But if you do something evil or bad, then you should be punished for it, right? Why should, you know, why should uh, you prosper for doing something evil, right? And that's that's the constant refrain in the book of Psalms, right? In the Psalms of Lament, Right in the Psalms of David, he says, "Why do the wicked prosper?" Right, even in the very asking of that question, it demands that there's something wrong with what they're doing. They shouldn't prosper, but they do, and that's partly because we live in a fallen world. But the ideal is that they don't prosper, and so the Book of Proverbs and in the wisdom literature is uh, the evil do prosper, but they're not supposed to. The, 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 those who live by wisdom are the ones who are supposed to prosper. And, uh, and so the writer here is telling us that wisdom is better than, than, uh, than gold or silver. Why? Because if you think about the idea that uh, if you teach a child, if you, I'm sorry, if you give a child a fish, you feed him for a day. But if you teach a child how to fish, you feed him for the rest of your life. Wisdom is is the overarching way of life that allows people to prosper. 
right? Now, this isn't a prosperity gospel or anything, but it's that idea that you reap what you sow. If you live according to God's wise words, then um, for the most part, or at least in general, the way it's supposed to be, things will go well for you. Um, now, and so what, it, it, what the writer of Proverbs is saying is that wisdom is, is more precious. It's more priceless because it is that rarity of all rare things, that it is God's wisdom lived out in a per- person's life that uh, even if they were the poorest person in the world, if they have God's wisdom, what God's wisdom does is that they are truly rich, not in the world's value system, but in God's value system. And that is the point of the writer here, is that whose value system are you living by? Are you living by by um, the world economic order in which the dollar is king, right? Everything is pegged in value against the uh, some some important currency. Like right now, a lot of a lot of the value for the things that we buy and in our commerce is pegged to the U.S. dollar. Or do we peg our value system against? Uh, God's value in God's value system, so that what He sees as value, valuable, we esteem it as valuable, and that's what the writer, um, the writer of Proverbs is doing. And so, wisdom is true wealth, and not just monetary wealth, but wealth of relationship, wealth of of uh, of of riches, uh, which God imbues to us. Uh, Bruce Waltke says this about the difference between monetary wealth and the wealth that wisdom brings. He says this, money can put food on the table, but but not fellowship around it. Money can buy you a house, but it cannot produce a home. Money can give a woman jewelry, but it cannot buy her real love. Wisdom is better than that. Wisdom gives physical, spiritual, and relational blessings. Proverbs teaches us that wisdom creates happy homes, loving marriages, and treasures that cannot be valued by marketplace prices. Riches won't ultimately make you happy, but Solomon says that wisdom will. See that? And so the writer of Proverbs calls us to to see the the inestimable uh, uh, price of wisdom and to seek after it. Secondly, we also see the peace of wisdom. When we live well, generally speaking, we will do well. So when we are wise, we will live wisely, which will then lead to good outcomes, wise outcomes. And this is what the writer has in view in verse 17. Look at what he says there. Uh, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. This is what we call the shalom, or the peace of God, which we have through wisdom. And this is important because when we live by God's wisdom, we think God's thoughts after him in order to live God's ways according to him. So we live in a way that encourages what is good. And that goodness in our lives is what the Bible calls the peace of God. 
the shalom by which we not only avoid war and conflict, but prosper in God's goodness to us. And so what does this peace and wisdom look like? It means when, uh, it looks like when someone is angry at you for some reason, and maybe you're at fault, maybe you're not, but you don't answer in kind, right? Wisdom says a soft answer turns away wrath. Wisdom says don't answer a fool according to his folly. So what do you do? You answer, you find the right answer, and you answer in the right way so as to bring peace to the situation, to de-escalate the situation. And so what do you do? You answer with words of peace that brings peace, right? It means living according to God's word and not to speak evil back to anyone who would do you harm or speak evil to you and not to do evil, right? To turn the other cheek, right? Not to respond in kind. And so, um, so when you answer with words of peace, it will bring peace, um, it also means living according, um, it also means, for example, uh, you don't steal what doesn't belong to you, and then you don't always have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to be afraid at every knock at the door, wondering if it's the police finally catching up to you. You can sleep well at night. You are free to do what God has called you with a clear conscience. You can live at peace because you didn't do evil. The way of wisdom is the wisest way because it, it brings peace and pleasantness along with it. You're, you're in such a right relationship with God, and it f- flows out into your relationship with everything else that then there's peace. You, can, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. You know, um, I remember, I think I might have shared this story. Maybe it's been a while. But, uh, but I remember the very first time I uh, stole something. It was this like little matchbox car from Kmart. And I just begged my mom. I was like, Mom, you know, can I have this little car? Can I have it, please? I got to have it. My mom was like, no. Well, no, I don't want you. We don't have the money. I'm, we didn't come to get it. And so put it back. And so I was just, you know, you know kicking, the, kicking the ground and, you know, mumbling under my lips. And, and I was about to put it back. And it was just calling to me. It's like, Take me, put me in your pocket. You know, it's like, I think when, when I see the Lord of the Rings, you know, and my precious, I, I, it, I, it resonates with me. I, and, and so I just stuck it in my pocket, thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe I forgot to put it back. And I remember, you know, I, I, after that, I was just sweating bullets. You know, my mom's pushing me on the card, and, and I'm just sweating bullets to the car, and, and I'm putting my hand in my pocket where the car is, and you know, making sure it doesn't pop out. It might fall out. She might see it. I might get caught. And and she was looking at me like, "Why do you keep putting your fingers in your pocket? Why do you keep touching yourself right there? You know?" And she, what is it? She and she told me to pull it out, and it was the car that she told me to put back. And she said, "You stole it," you know. And I'm just sweating, like, but "Mom, don't call the police, please." And, and see, when you, when, a, when you live by God's wisdom, you, the wise thing to do is to do what's right. And with it, you have peace. You don't have to worry about uh, uh, going foul of the law. Uh, but if you live by folly and you do what you want to do, 
then you're going to always have to look uh, over your shoulder. Are you going to get caught for the, lie, the, the umpteenth lie that you've told? Right? Or, or whatever it is that you've stolen. You're, you know, are they going to catch you because they finally got the tape and now they saw your face and there's facial recognition or whatever it is uh, and they know where you live and they'll just go on that knock on that door. You have no peace. There's no peace for the wicked, uh, the Bible says. And so when we go the way of wisdom, it brings peace. Peace with God as we trust in him. Peace with others as we love our neighbors as ourselves. And uh, peace as we uh, don't think selfishly or impulsively as we once did, but we remember God's word with a transformed heart that seeks God's peace in every situation. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. And so we want to be peacemakers because as we'll see in God's wisdom, The gospel brings us peace with God. Lastly, we see the price of wisdom worth more than gold and the peace of wisdom that that leads to peace with God then leads us to the prize of wisdom. So we have the, the price of wisdom, the peace of wisdom that leads us to the prize of wisdom, the reward of wisdom. If all the ways of wisdom are peace, then the way will lead us to the prize. And what is that prize? Look at verse 18 with me. She is a a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold fast are called blessed. See here, the imagery of, of of the tree of life occurs in the Bible in only three books. It occurs in Genesis, right? Genesis, the first chapters. Uh, And then... In the book of Revelation, at the very end, and then here in the book of Proverbs. Over and over again, throughout Proverbs, wisdom is described as a tree of life. And if we lay hold of it, if we grasp it, if we take it for ourselves, we will have life. And not just any kind of life, eternal life. Right? Do you remember uh, in the early chapters of Genesis when after Adam and Eve? ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they were um, and they brought sin into the world, and the Lord uh, punished them, you know, and and uh, pronounced His curses upon them, and then they and then the Lord, um, the the angels speaking among themselves, saying, you know, what if they eat of the tree of life? And so, what did God do? He closed the way to the gardens and to close the way to the tree of life, lest they eat it. And here's the thing. Lest they eat it, cursed forever in their sin. See, there's a sense in which if you partake of it, uh, you are confirmed in, in the state in which you are for eternity. And so the Lord put two um, uh, uh, seraphim, and, they, and there's with swords, flaming swords going back and forth. Uh, as a gate, uh, a gate to hold back anyone who would try to re-enter the garden and, and eat of the tree of life. And, but the, the idea of the tree of life is, is, is begun there, that if, if whoever takes hold of it can, will live forever. And then that imagery is, is uh, spoken of here in, in Proverbs, and we see it reflected, right? Uh, that uh, the tree of life is 
she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are blessed. And then verse 16, because long life is in her hand. It's not just long life, but as we'll see, it is eternal life. Um, and here lies the hidden promise. This is, this is another aspect of the, of the early gospel prom- promises in, in Genesis, that uh, if we eat of the tree of life, we will have eternal life. We will live with God forever in fellowship with him. Uh, and, and here, the rite of Proverbs established that the way to the tree of life is the way of wisdom with God. And the gospel then of wisdom, uh, as we see here, is that wisdom is personified. Wisdom is spoken of as a person. Isn't that interesting? It's not just a character. It's not just a just kind of this, 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 uh, this idea that floats in the air, but it's a person. It's a she. It's a person. And if you grab hold of that person, you gain the exceeding value and prize and gain more precious than gold or silver. If you lay hold of wisdom, this person of wisdom, you will have pleasantness. You'll have peace. And if you lay hold of this person like a tree of life, you will have long life, eternal life. You will be called blessed. And what we see then is the fulfillment of this idea of, of wisdom personified in the person and work of Jesus, wisdom incarnate. He is the prize of wisdom. Philippians 3, 7, and 8 But whatever gain I had, you can hear that same language, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. First uh, Peter 1.18, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, you were redeemed not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. He's not only the price of wisdom, but the peace of wisdom. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Through Christ we have peace with God. And then he, we see then ultimately the prize of wisdom. Philippians 3.12 to 14. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 
Revelations 22:14. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Uh, The tree of life uh, at the end of, of... redemptive history, uh, interpreters have always described it as uh, a, a, um, a picture of who Jesus is, that we can now finally, because Jesus died and made a way back into the garden so that we may have free, unfettered access to the tree of life, and because we've been redeemed, because we are righteous, because we've been adopted, because we've been saved and redeemed in Christ, we can eat freely of the tree of life, the fruit that gives us eternal life in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus climbed and ate the bitter fruit of the tree of cursing when he hung upon the tree, bearing our sin and guilt. He drank uh, that, that bitter cup so that then we can now climb and partake of the fruit of the tree of life for for eternal life in Christ Jesus. That that the, the tree in which he hung becomes for us a tree of life, so that then that's our great hope. When when Christ returns, the new heavens and the new earth come down, and the tree of life on each side of the river And the leaves are for it, the healing of the nations, for you and for me. Do you see, friends, brothers and sisters, uh, the price, the peace, the prize are ultimately found in the person of Jesus, he who has become for us righteousness, sanctification, and wisdom, the wisdom of God. Let's Lay hold of him, and we will have eternal life. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for we thank you for uh, for Jesus, the wisdom of God for us. Lord, help us to exercise the wisdom that you give to us in him, that we would lay hold of him. Father, as we partake now, preparing to partake of this communion meal, in many ways it is very much like the eating from the tree of life, that we we eat of the fruit of the vine, so to speak, that gives us uh, the life of Christ. Lord, as we eat and drink this evening, would you bless us? We ask in Jesus' name, amen.